think I should pull our tarot for okay. you and me, Casey. Okay. Okay. Prosperity and well-being, abundance, opulence, extreme comfort, generosity, security, liberty, magnificence, grace, dignity, a rich person, but generous and charitable, a noble soul. I think that describes us almost 100% except the dignity part. Excuse me? Happy MLK Day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's today is Monday. So you'll be listening Wednesday, but we're talking on MLK Day. Yes. And you're um, not you're not feeling well. I don't know. I feel I just feel weird. I don't know what hap- I don't know what it is yet. I'm well we're, we're in a, a a virus ripping through your family. Okay, so but there's like a virus ripping through the country as well. So let's just put a pin in it and see where this goes. Which virus it is. We don't. Or is this a totally new thing? An Rearing un- its head. Unaforementioned virus. Maybe it's not even a virus. Maybe it's literally like... I'm tired because I'm a everyone... La- I'm a malaise. Maybe it's a malaise. Maybe it's the moon. Maybe. Yeah. I Maybe. mean, I actually think it's possible that it is the moon because I, what I feel, and it is the full moon tonight, what I feel is super exhausted. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And also like... Maybe a little queasy, but also maybe not a little. Que- I don't know. Interesting. I can't tell. Interesting. Well, you know, our old friend Mercury, let's call him Merc for short, is in retrograde. I do know that. I do know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like that's, it's just is happening all the time now. Mercury's been in retrograde more than it's been out, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I never realized how frequent it was. Ugh. It's exhausted. I'm exhausted. But, but it's the, it's but, not supposed to be a bad thing, Mercury in retrograde, right? Like I know that we blame things on it, but there there are some positive takeaways from Mercury well, wait, retrograde. Just, wait, wait, wait. It it depends what Mercury is retrograding from. Oh, gotcha. I said retrograde, by the way, which is not that's not great. I mean, feels like a Freudian <laughs> slip. That was like, I mean, true story. A friend of mine, ours, like years ago, said something about his, oh, no, he can't come. He's, no, I can't come. I got to go to my friend's funeral. And we're like, what? Your friend's funeral? Who died? And he's like, wedding. I meant wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, buddy. Tell me how you really feel. Just tell me how you really feel. He's divorced (laughs) now. Anyway. um, Oh, my gosh. But speaking of viruses, did you see that thing in the news that they think now that multiple sclerosis is caused by a virus? What now? 
MS. They think yeah. that MS is caused by, I believe, the Epstein-Barr virus. Why can't I talk today? I don't know why you can't, <laughs> but I hope it's not a <laughs> Some virus. virus. I know. Oh. Wait, what? It is? When did that happen? It, I didn't see it, that. Send just it like to a, me. I want to read few, it. A few days ago, they were like, oh, oh by the way, Epstein-Barr may be the leading cause of MS. Which I, I guess a lot of that Epstein Bar was like really a thing. Yes. Sorry, people who have Epstein Bar. <laughs> it's one of those you. It's one of those things that seems you know. Well, it it seems like I well, thought it was a white lady disease. You know what? I'm not I'm, drinking I, a bev. By the way, this is kombucha because I thought if my stomach is, I was like maybe I'll just have a little kombucha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, didn't they do? An episode of Golden Girls about Epstein Barr. Didn't Dorothy have it? Sure. That makes sense. I think we talked about this before. I'm having like deja vu right now. But I think um, one of the creators or writers of the Golden Girls had Epstein Barr and Mm -hmm, so put mm -hmm. it in a storyline. And so maybe that's where you got that idea that it's like something that happens to older white ladies in Miami. Well, that's probably exactly where I got the idea <laughs> from. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just like, I have to be honest. I am just, I don't know. I know everyone is. I really am hopeful that this is like, we're going to start over today, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, you saw that. I thought that was good. You, uh, I am having the hardest time talking. I it's saw. really weird. I've never heard you have this difficult... I know. Of a time talking. It's, it's And I'm not drinking either. Maybe that's what I need to do is hydrate. Um, I saw that you said, let's let this be the start of the new year. And I thought that was really smart and good. Because like, it's the calendar. It's arbitrary, right? Just yes. Made up. Yeah, exactly. So as long as I don't get some illness, I'm going to hold to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just like... I just am so tired. Yeah. But it might be, and honestly, it might be the moon. Okay. Moons make moons make people feel weird. <laughs> I mean, I would agree with that. I think that back in the in my nursing home days, you could always tell when it was a full moon because it just affected people. And I think like those people didn't a lot of them didn't have enough situational awareness for the moon to have a placebo effect on them and yet they were affected. Right. So like you would you could argue, one could yes. make the argument that I Busy Phillips am a person who's very aware of the moon. Right. Ergo me blaming my current state on the moon is like all right busy, but that's cuz you know the moon is full tonight. Right. Right. But if somebody doesn't genuinely doesn't fucking know anything about the moon and they're acting crazy and then you're like oh well it's a full moon they're like oh right then it starts to yeah you start to things are lining up although i will say that you know you can believe things in the nursing home setting like people were always like when there's a flock of crows on the lawn that means that someone's gonna pass that seemed to be true when there's a full the cat the cat the room was there a cat there was cat? no cat. There was no death cat in this particular nursing home at the time that I worked there. But crows on the lawn meant someone was going to pass. 
Um, full moon meant that it was going to be a wild night. And then there was a room that everyone fully believed was haunted after a woman passed away, but it just turned out that she had, um, a clock radio and the alarm was set for the middle of the night and no one. That's insane. No, it didn't go with her after she passed away. It just remained in the room. (laughs) But, um, we did eventually solve that mystery and realize that it wasn't. It wasn't a haunting. It was just a clock radio with a... That's so insane and (laughs) genuinely kind of funny. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, people really fucking turn into werewolves and things. (laughs) That's the the truth. It's true. Um, Speaking of which, I read the Joss Whedon article... Oh, same. You already had read it? You read it so fast? Yeah, I read it like first thing in the morning because Matt was sleeping. And so I just had quiet reading time. Well, guys, if you haven't yet, there's a Vulture article that has come out called The Undoing of Joss Whedon. And who, in case you don't know, is like the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, Angel. Um, he wrote and directed like the two highest grossing superhero movies of all time. Yes. Which were like early days. Yes. Ish of superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Movies. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there was just like a lot of, he was like essentially outed as, well, he was first, he was like held up as sort of like on a, on a pedestal of being one of the good guys. Yeah. A, femi- a feminist. Strong female characters. Strong female characters, like fighting for representation of ladies in, in cinema and TV shows. And then his ex-wife like released a statement like an open, when they got divorced, like an open letter yeah, about how wrong everyone was. <laughs> that his, <laughs> that he was like prolifically cheating all the time. That he was like not the, not the feminist hero that right. he would and everybody had believed him to be. Yeah. And then from there, more people who had worked with him, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera, like sort of came forward in a multitude of ways and had their own statements, feelings. Yeah, to say that he had basically been like been abusive, abusive mm-hmm. and yeah and that he had a real and, dis- mean, and disgusting and disgusting had a very mean streak uh-huh. physically touched someone someone may, um grabbing her when like in an angry way uh, in an one, angry one, moment yeah one woman said and um yeah it was it's rough so then um vulture did this article this like well he's sort of like it's been a couple years now i would say yeah yeah like that he He's been canceled. <laughs> when but, was that? I mean, I literally just read the article, but again, my brain is. I think it was also, like I want to say 2019. Yeah, when, I think it was. I feel like it was right before the sort of 
Yeah. Shut down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, so then Vulture like reached out and they, and they did this article. They went and interviewed him and they interviewed several people that were, that had come forward with stories and their own allegations and things. And then some people off the record, um, one woman who is a writer on Buffy on the record in sort of a wild um, left turn for the article, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I know her. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's all very interesting. Yeah. He seems, it's so weird. I found it like the whole thing to be very disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you, what did you, what was your take on it? And then I'll tell you what I was feeling. The, my take on it was that it seemed like, and I'm just like, this is my gut. It seems like he doesn't believe he did the thing. <laughs> no, that's right. That people said that yes. he did. He's like, I don't, that's not, that doesn't seem right. Like, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> seem right. That doesn't seem in character for me. And, you know, and so maybe that can be chalked up to, like, he also went to kind of rehab for a while for like, was it like sex addiction or like being a dick addiction or something? I don't know what exactly. Well, I think he had, I think he was there for sex addiction. Right. Because he did have he did lots have those of affairs. Infidelities which, and which, was having sex and love addiction. Yeah. And so he admitted to that, but other things he was like, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't that doesn't that seem was wild to me. But here's the thing. I'm like, I guess you could kind of say like if I'm in the throes of some type of like self-destructive addiction, I guess it's possible that I wouldn't remember with my own, you know, with my own mind, things that I did. But I also think it's something, I, I just think it's something that's more typical. I think people do rotten shit all the time and they don't want to believe it. So they just don't. Okay. When someone calls them on it, they're just like, that doesn't seem like something I would do. Okay. Except here, this is my question. In what, for, I've never been to a rehab recovery place. Yeah. But I certainly have had friends that have, and I have read a, a lot and I've been in therapy for a million years and you get the point. Yeah, sure. Isn't it sort of antithetical to recovery to just say like, like how do how does one go through a recovery program and then come out on the other side and be like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. I don't know. I probably didn't. I didn't do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 100%. The only thing he feels like he has come to terms with is the affairs. Yeah. Yeah. So that is like, and, and then to me, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe people out there, if you have, I have a friend who went to, oh, treatment. I don't think it was like rehab for sex and love addiction. Yeah. Like a, a girl that I know who, a woman, a woman, a woman. who, who is like 
oh yeah, no, I'm a sex and love addict and I am in like have been in treatment for it, right? Like what just because like when you go to treatment for a thing, I mean maybe this is like a general question. And if you got, you yeah. know, if you've been to rehab treatment and you want to reach out, please. I'm curious. Let's say you go to rehab for like alcoholism. Right. Okay. And you're there and you're like, and all these things happen because I, you know, was an alcoholic and I was drinking and out of control. And these people say I've hurt them so badly and I was blacked out and I don't even fucking remember it. And I believe, you know, like you have to like right, take right. ownership for it. Right. And you right. make amends. Isn't that like the whole thing? It's one of the steps. So my question is like in sex and love addiction, do they not go walk down the path of like, this leads to X, Y, and Z. Oh, you're, you have shame. So you, so you drink too much. So then you may be, you know, are angry and you lash out. Maybe you black out. You know what I mean? Like, how do they not, how do you, how does one not untangle all of the behaviors, but just choose the one that is like the easiest to sort of deal with. Right. He's like, right. oh, I am a sex and love addict. And that's because like of my parents or whatever. And, yeah. um, and I'm, and that's it. And like, yeah, and I'm better now, but like not untangle the other behaviors. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it has to do with, like, the level of treatment that you receive. I know that, like, rehab isn't, um, it's not a uniform thing from, like, program to program that you... You know what it is? You know what it is, Casey? What? It's just his fucking ego. It's just, like, he's just, like, a a smart white guy (laughs) who's just, like, I'm serious. He just has, like, he has just... Um, intellectualized his way out of having to be responsible for his fucking shitty behavior. And yes. so he's like, I'm going to, I'll own this one thing. Could I have done better? Sure. But right. I'm not going to own any of this other stuff because I'm a fucking intellectual superior and I'm just going to like work my way around it, which is just such bullshit. And you know what? Stay canceled, Joss Whedon. Fuck it. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because all of the language that he used was so weaselly and it really like that. Could I have done better? Also saying you have to go to the loo. You're from fucking New York. (laughs) Get out of here. He did go to boarding school, I guess, in In England, in the UK. Yes. Um, I dated one of his brothers. (laughs) Oh, did you? Yeah. Did he also go to boarding Did he also say the loo? He did not. No, he didn't. Okay. Um, The language that he used saying like, could I have done better? Sure. You know, it's like, it's minimizing. And so that really rang a bell with me because I know I've said that before. And it's always when I'm frustrated at the call out when I'm like, could I have done a little better? Sure. But I did the best I could, you know, instead of just being like, I hear that. And next time I'll try to do better, you know, might be like a more healthy way to respond to that. But everything else, like saying that doesn't seem like something I would do is not saying I didn't do that. You know, that's true. Wait, that that actually is true. Yeah. But no, he just but he says he uses language like I have a hard time believing that that was something I did. Right. Which is like, like, I mean, I could be mm. like, I have a hard time believing that I drank 
an entire bottle of tequila over the course of three days, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I didn't. Right. Yeah. I have a but hard I- time believing I did a lot of things. <laughs> Speaking of what, did you see that TikTok I posted of the girl in the back seat? Like, oh yes. That was so funny. It is. I she, sent it to so many of my friends. She There's nails this it. TikTok, guys. It's on my Instagram. Well, the video's not. I just like have a still of it from my Instagram. Yeah. It's from a carousel, I think, last week, last Friday. Yeah. Um, and it's like this girl in the backseat of a van. It's so fucking real as to what it was like being a teenager for <laughs> a lot of my friends and me. Yes. Um, it rang true. It rang true. <laughs> and my one friend wrote back, how did we survive? And I was like, I don't know. It's, Angels. I mean, for real. And also, I think we probably had like different instincts back then, maybe like a little more self-preservation instincts. Like I was always hearing, you know, well, yes, you can do this wild thing, but you got to watch out for if this happens, if this happens, if this, you know, I I think we, we had that. I think we preserved ourselves a little bit. Maybe. I hope so. I don't know. Sometimes I think it was just like angels, like (laughs) seriously, like light workers being like, uh, uh, not that car girl, this one, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's to say. Cause I don't know. Who fucking knows? Okay. So listen, this is a true story. I was back in Arizona over the holidays. My mom was talking about how much all the different parts hurt on her. And I was like, yeah, mom, that's like, you know, I guess that's true. Like we all hurt, pain, whatever. And then I was like, mom, when was the last time you got a new mattress. And my mother like paused and was like, oh, I guess it's been 20 years. Wow. And I think that that's a thing. I think we forget you move into your first apartment after college and you buy a mattress and then you forget that you need to buy another mattress. And then you're like, oh, I just can't sleep because um, I'm a parent, uh, the world has gone to hell, politics are insane. Hard job. But here's the deal. Hard job. I'm very stressed out. Here's the deal. My mom took the Helix quiz. Ooh. We ordered up that mattress. And guess what? And guess what? She's feeling better. Barb Phillips is feeling better. She's sleeping a-okay. I'm just saying everyone's unique. Helix knows that. You take the quiz. It's two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. And I'm telling, even if you're like, I'm not looking for a mattress, take three and a half minutes and think about the last time you got a mattress and about how well you sleep at night and how well rested you feel in the morning and then go to helix.com, take the quiz, and get the mattress. So <laughs> just take the quiz. I mean, even if you think you're not in the market for a mattress, I think like the last time I bought a mattress, you know, just on my own, I probably I bought it probably because it was on sale. You know what I mean? And and I wasn't choosing it because it was like specifically tailored to me, but now we have this 
ability to specifically tailor these mattresses to ourselves. And we're not just talking like soft, medium, firm. We're also talking about if you're a hot sleeper or a cool sleeper, or if you're plus size, Helix has all of that, all of that. And it ships to your door for free. You're never going to have to go to a mattress store again. It's awesome. You don't need to take our word for it. It was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine. And the best thing is they have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. So if on night 100, you are like, uh, change my mind, they will come pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will, that's not going to happen. But I'm just saying a hundred nights is like many nights of sleep on your new it's a mattress. It's a real long time. So guys, go to helixsleep.com slash best. Take their two minute sleep quiz. They're going to match you to a customized mattress that's going to give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is even offering up to $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best. I know you want to be like Barb Phillips. Who doesn't? <laughs> and Busy Phillips and Casey St. <laughs> so go get yourself a new mattress and get some good sleep. Oh, modern fertility. Modern fertility. Guys, guys, we're supposed to go to like the OBGYN once a year to just get swabbed, right? The annual checkup, the speculum yeah, goes in, it's called. They swab it, it and yeah. they're like, you're good. But checking in with our fertility isn't usually a thing that anyone does until you're ready to have children. But right. here's the deal. I remember feeling like, oh my God, I've spent my entire life now, my entire sexually active life trying to not get pregnant. Right. And now I want to have a baby. Reverse and course. How I, yes. Like, listen, what if we told you you could get important fertility insight without going to the doctor or even leaving your home? You would want to do that. That's where modern fertility comes in to play for you. It's why it was created. It's easy and affordable. It tests your fertility at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label, very easy, and you get your personalized results within 10 days. You get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every single hormone means, and you can talk one-on-one -on -one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Listen, traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at just $159, a fraction, fraction, fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash best, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars toward Modern Fertility. 
So if you want kids today, or maybe you're like, I don't know, one day in the future, you need information about your body, and that can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash best. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash best. Modernfertility.com slash best. Wait, what was I just thinking about alternate? Oh, did you read that thing? Uh, there's this really good, it's really short um, article from the New York Times Magazine this weekend. Guys, in case uh, you can't tell, I consumed a lot of media you this have. weekend. I yeah. know. I'm proud of myself. Hey, that is what I did my best at this week. Uh, nice. This article is really incredible, guys. It's short. You can read it. Every year he texts me, I love you. Did you read that? No. Oop. It's so good. By this woman, Jean Chen Ho, um, who has a new book out, I guess. And like, it's in the section letter of recommendation, which is, I think, like one of the sections where like, if you're an author, you have a book coming out, you write like another little short thing that's not related to your book, but it's just like a little short thing to get people to understand that you're a good writer. A good writer. Anyway, guys, highly recommend Every year he texts me, I love you. I like read it this morning and sobbed. It was so good. Oh, wow. Okay. But last night, Birdie figured out how to do screen mirroring. Oh, great. And showed me there's so many noises happening right now. I'm sorry. It's like it's New York City. So you have sirens and radiators. Maybe you're Again, super, the radiator. your super can like bleed your radiator valves. That's a New York thing you might not know about. I don't know about it <laughs> at all. Sometimes and I'm going to tell you, they have to come let the air out of your radiator valves. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll just, let's just put a pin in that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, what was I La- saying? Oh, last night, Birdie. So I watched the, I watched three episodes of season three. The reason why I, Birdie made me start with season three is because it's their favorite season. And so I didn't really have, I was just on this. It wasn't my journey. I was just on a journey. Yes. So I just had to go on the journey. A passenger in someone else's Like the girl in the TikTok. You know what I mean? Yes. So tying it all together, guys. We're tying it all together. Um, There's a Norwegian television show from 2016 called Scam. Okay. S-K-A-M. Okay. You can't get it in the U.S. Birdie, like, has it pirated or something? I don't even know. Downloaded from some... Birdie's on the dark web. Norwegian site. (laughs) It came with... It's interesting. It came with, like, a half ton of meth. What? That's not... uh, (laughs) I don't know what I don't know what uh, the increments of meth are that you <laughs> just, but I'm br- probably, probably not, not a half, half ton. Probably not a half ton. That'd be a lot. That'd be noticeable to the authorities. Listen, I was just trying to make a joke, guys. Don't come for me. But um, <laughs> I don't think it was the dark web. I think there's like a, there, you know, like oh, maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. 
I don't, I couldn't even. Discord? Maybe it's from Discord? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Anyway, Bertie got the seasons downloaded to their computer. Uh Uh-huh. And then we screen mirrored it. So I was like, because they've been trying to get me to watch this show for a long period of time. Yeah, but you don't want to cram around a tiny laptop. No, it's not interesting to me. I don't want to watch TV shows on a laptop, which is part of the reason why I realized I haven't been watching anything because I haven't had like access to a television, the TV. We, I mean, it's only one TV that it's always like commandeered and it's, and it's not Paw Patrol because my kid, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's just not any, anyway. So I watched the first three episodes of season three of Scum in Norwegian and oh my God, Birdie's right. That show is fucking amazing. What's it about? And it's a teen show. Uh-huh. And the woman who created it, like every year sort of tracks different characters, these teenagers, um, through their year. But uh, they're all the same teenagers. So like the kid who's like the lead of season three has been in the first two seasons. He just hasn't had a big part. So we know why he's living on his own in this apartment with these like kids who are in college, but like, well, I I didn't, but Bertie told me, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but he's, but his part's been more like sort of auxiliary, you know? So it's it's a soap opera ish, you know, like a teen soap. But it's just so incredibly well done and like subtle and cool and rad. And I'm going to play for you now um, what was a thing I recorded Birdie as like a Instagram story. And then Birdie was like, please don't put that on an Instagram story. (laughs) But I I do. But they didn't say don't put it on the podcast. That's right. And I'm going to ask. And then if... (laughs) If they say that I can't, I'll I'll tell you to take it down. But just listen to this. This is this is when Birdie, after we watched like the first three episodes, and Birdie was like, see, this is why I can't watch Euphoria. And I was like, why? And then Euphoria's like, penis, penis, penis. Zendaya's dead? Zendaya's girlfriend's dead? Oh, Zendaya and the girlfriend aren't dead. Sexual assault. Drugs, 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 drugs. Overdose, overdose, oh, cry, cry, cry. Everyone at school is just like a slut. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. That's Birdie's, that's Birdie's feeling about Euphoria. But then I was thinking about it. And now Euphoria fans will have to, have you watched Euphoria? No, I've been forbidden by Lincoln. Okay. Well, maybe Lincoln could chime in. Like, <laughs> I feel like what Birdie, like, Scum to me felt very relatable, even in terms of like what I remember my teen years being like, where there are those moments in the back of the van with the scary guy and you're like, someone's doing math and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like a lot of it is just like boring. And then, and sort of you know, there's stuff that happens, but it's not like all at a level DEFCON 47. Right. All the time. Right. And Euphoria seems to me like it's like so many drugs and so much 
crazy makeup and so much stuff happening. I don't know. I just feel like, and then I started thinking about just culturally American television and where we're at in terms of entertainment and absorption of things. And even just like what you and I have been told so many times, which is like, make the podcast shorter, make it 45 minutes. So people will want to listen to it. You'll get a wider fan base. Maybe someday you could sell it like Will Arnett for $48 billion, but that's not going to happen guys. Cause no. we're not men. We're not men. No. But like, you know what I mean? Or like, get a gimmick. Why don't you guys rewatch Freaks and Geeks? Like, you know, all that shit. And I'm just like, but what is wrong with things living in a place that's closer to how we, like entertainment living in 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 a place that's closer to reality? Like why this push toward the heightened? Everything has to be heightened. Like even if you want to write a TV show about um, Gen X women, they have to have had a plane crash and become cannibals. You know what I mean? Or or they have to have been in a fucking 90s pop group on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. It's like, where's the ability to sort of just like slow the slow it all down and kind of like present things and then show the possibilities of what things could be even. Well, I think about that a lot. And I think it is, it'll be interesting to see because now all entertainment is global. So like when you're pitching a show, you're hoping that it is successful in a number of countries. Whereas before we always had shows from other countries that you'd like get wind of kind of, but our focus was focused on American television and the model for American television is that you have to hook viewers. Like mm-hmm. listen to that, that, that word hook is violent. <laughs> like you have to grab a viewer and, and stick something through their yeah. cheek and pull them in, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, and it's just been my experience that like, you know, I've had a little experience with UK television working in UK television and, Back when I worked with uh, an English production company, it was just a more gentle approach. Like shows, they make six episodes. It's a perfect length of a season sometimes. Sometimes a show would go away for like a year or two and then come back for another six episode season. There also weren't the tremendous amounts of money floating around that I think you, you know, so everybody that worked on everything was kind of like very regular, uh, you know, and, and so it wasn't like, it wasn't like this big Hollywood machine. I have a huge problem with movies right now because I find them to be so formulaic. Nothing weird ever happens in a movie anymore and movies used to be so weird and that's how you knew that you were like unique like when something in a movie like when a weird little detail spoke to you and it really like rang your bell that's how you knew like oh I'm a weirdo too wait did we talk about this I don't think so the specificity of experience I thought we did I mean, we have, we have, but you know. It's just like, that's what I feel like is missing is like the specificity of experience. That's what, that's why that TikTok is so fucking great. Because it's so specific. It's so very, very specific down to every single detail that it, 
feels infinitely relatable. Oh, I was, I had said that in, re- in response to, we had talked about that, about the post I had when I posted the sexy picture and then my mom texted me that yes, it looks like so I relatable. had, I maybe had a lump under my boot. I was like, I don't mom. It's just fat. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, like specificity is really fallen by the wayside in entertainment because the conventional wisdom in entertainment has become over the years that you have to try to appeal to everyone. Right. As opposed to just make a thing for someone. Right. And you have to appeal to everyone. And here in the States, you have to do it really fast or your chance to appeal to anyone is going to be taken away. But very publicly. I mean... (laughs) You and I were very adamant from the moment we started working together that we were going to be really specific in the stuff that we made. And, you know, it's so hard because we're trying to continue to try to work inside of a system that, like, hasn't figured it the fuck out, but holds all of the cards. Yeah. All of the keys, all the cards, the gates, whatever you want to fucking call it. Yeah. There is like a whole thing in place that is still operating in a way that like just doesn't, isn't, it doesn't produce the best, most interesting shit. It's really interesting. Well, we're in an interesting time, right? Because I would say that we're in a system that still holds most of the cards and most of the keys. But then there's this other parallel system where people are operating on their own and there are no gatekeepers and there are no all that can stop you from doing something is lack of time, lack of ambition, lack of know-how, you know, but all those things are learnable. So anyone who wants to could make some type of show. And so I see this all the time because I go to this like big conference every year with young, not, not, no, young is not correct with content creators, independent content creators. Um, and they're doing the thing with the hope that this other system that holds most of the keys, cards, and money will discover them and pull them into that system. Like, that's the dream. And now I think it's kind of, like, expected. Like, I look at Issa Rae. You know, Mm. she was doing, like, a whole thing already. She was, like, Mm -hmm. a fully formed entertainer already. And then got pulled into, like, being this very successful entertainment figure. But here's the thing. When When you get to shoot your shot, you have to make sure that you're with the right people. Yes, yes. The, that the people holding the keys and the gates and the fucking whatever's honeypots. Yeah, huh? <laughs> money pots. <laughs> what that those that they're that that it like ideologically lines up and makes sense. Yes, because I think I did that thing after years of being like. In within the system of whatever, I did the like flipped it on its head and was a content creator, or whatever, decided yeah. what I wanted to do. And then I think like we just did it with the wrong people. That's possible. I think I don't and- think it's possible. I think it is like 
I think tr- true. Yes, I think I think that's probably. But that's the situation. Like that was the door that we were presented with. You know what I mean? So yeah. like we might have never gotten to go through the wall if we said not this door. It's not the right door. You know. So we were just we were just going with what we were offered and and hoping for the best. One of the great things about Isa is in her position, she's become, I don't want to say gatekeeper because that sounds negative, but she's become like an incubator for all this other talent. And so I admire that so much because she's like making stuff for herself to be in, but she's also like putting her name out there for so many other people to make their stuff. It's so wonderful. It's kind of, you know, that was our ambition too. And we haven't, you know, we haven't gotten to that position um, so many times, but no. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it had been you and I, uh, uh, what this is so inside baseball, but if it had been you and I taking this show out, we might've never have gotten a yes. But we got a yes because of like the circumstances of, you know, who took it. I don't it, know. You I know? think yes, yes, and no. I think that at that moment, that was my like, I mean, yeah, whatever. You're right. Yeah. It was like a, it was hard to say, should we shop it around? <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Like it was a done deal, you know, and like, and then, and then we just, and it was a done deal before you were on board. Right. Like, and I, and I just felt like following that thread, like, how could that lead me astray? Right. It didn't, it didn't lead us, it didn't lead us astray. We got to, we got to do something that, so many people, billions of people dream of doing. Totally. We just didn't get to, and we got to really do it our own way, even though the yes. people we were working with hated, hated it. it. Hated it. And, so, and, and us. And, uh, <laughs> but like, we weren't going to do it any other way. So it was, pro- <laughs> I also think back about like, what a fucking bitch I was sometimes. Like <laughs> such a little salty cunt. Like, Oh my God, Casey, have we ever, have we told about how some, at one point we, we were given the note that I wasn't supposed to run out onto the stage? I think we have. Okay. Well, never scary. mind guys. Because it was scary. <laughs> it was one of the executives said like, I don't, wait, can Busy not run out at the top? It's scary. And then the next, that, that episode, that night. I walk out in slow motion, like doing like a slow motion run that is so stupid. And you like whispered. And I whispered because, yeah, my voice was too loud and grating. I mean, this is all like not not even like thinly veiled um, misogynistic bullshit. But I, it was just like, I don't know. I don't know. It just wasn't productive. And it's it was one of those situations. I had had this situation before where someone kind of powerful and great championed an idea and like got you into the mix. And that's so amazing. And then through circumstances that are just show business, like a lot of people that championed us like switched out to other jobs because they were great at what they do and they're visionary. And so they're moving on to other things. And then we just kind of didn't really have anybody left who I felt like was 
who was on our side and yeah, and yeah. got it. And like, to be honest, they were probably all like, in tr- you know, they were in trouble at their jobs too and just trying to figure it out and, you know. And I think the network had been trying to pivot in a new direction and then, you know, either what we were doing wasn't right or they didn't have the courage to... <laughs> too, n- too new of a direction. <laughs> too new of that a direction. direction. Was, that direction was too new. Was yeah, like, yeah. That was, baby, that was a hard right. <laughs> we were just, we were going to curve to the left a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh Rasa, 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 rasa. Listen, I did that cleanse, Casey. Yeah, you know the cleanse thing that I yes. did—the like vegan, whatever—and they were like, cut down on your caffeine. And right. Just that day, guess what arrived at mine's own door? A big, beautiful care package from Rasa. Yes, Rasa is an adaptogenic coffee alternative with an incredible selection of blends. Guys, I'm telling you, you need to try it. So instead of caffeine, (laughs) Rasa energizes with herbs and uses 15 adaptogens and six mushrooms across their blends. They offer 10 awesome blends like cacao, bold, calm, welderberry. Which one did you like? I really like the calm. I like the cacao. Mm-hmm. I also like the dirty version that contains some coffee. So that I like the dirty like, too. Yeah. Half on half off coffee. I like them all. To be honest, I was talking in this podcast about rearranging my kitchen and, or I will talk about it in a little while. We, in rearranging our kitchen, we devoted a space to Rasa. That's how much we like it. We like it's made so a Rasa good. shelf. Well, plus it sustainably sources their ingredients. They buy fair trade or direct trade. And I love it so much that um, I took my little like French press Rasa and some Rasa flavors that I like to work because throughout the day, I don't want to keep drinking caffeine, but I do sort of like still need like a nice beverage to sip on and something that like makes me feel good and alert. And like, I have been really enjoying it um, during my work days. It doesn't just support my energy and mood. It really kind of like feels like it's like digging deep, you know what I mean? To help me just balance out. It covers so much ground. Anyway, it's a guys, nice cup of you can do this. Oh, that's a really great. They should hire you to do <laughs> to do their ad. Anyway, guys, we're telling you, please, you have to try Rasa. It's so good. They even have an online quiz. You know, we love an online quiz. You can easily find the perfect blend for you. And right now, we have an awesome deal to get you started. It's twenty percent off your first purchase. Just go to We Are Rasa. Dot com and use our special promo code BEST20. That's promo code BEST20 for 20% off at We Are Rasa, R A S A dot com. That's R A S A dot com. We Are Rasa dot com. Guys, go do it. You're, I swear you're going to love it. Hey, Casey. Yeah. 
Have you ever been on a date and it's going well and then all of a sudden they drop a huge deal breaker? Yeah, like almost every date I ever went on. Okay, well, listen. I know that when you started dating Matt, um, the internet didn't exist. But now... If you were to find yourself single again, thanks to the dating app OkCupid, you would never be in that situation again because OkCupid finds people that you're most compatible with. And here's how it works. The OkCupid app learns what's important to you by asking you what? Questions. Questions, Casey. They ask you questions. And then the app's one-of-a-kind algorithm pairs you with people that care about what you care about. Like what? Reproductive rights, puppies. Yes. The yes. reproductive rights of puppies. Yes. Spay we or care about those guys. Yeah, we care about Adopt, all that don't stuff. don't shop. Yes. Listen, listen. In fact, in fact, did you know OkCupid is the only dating app in the world that lets you filter out singles that don't care about the issues you care about. From climate change to being pro-choice to LGBTQIA plus rights. They're like, yeah, you can just click, "Mm, no thanks, buddy. You don't care about that. I don't care about you. That's major. And I truly wish that OkCupid was an app that we could just use in all areas of our everyday lives. But lucky you, single people... It's for you. And it's listen, it's gonna find you I'm, someone good. I am on board with this. And it's time for you. I don't know who you are, and I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm talking to you. All right. <laughs> it's time to find your person. Download the dating app OKCupid today. If they ask, tell them Busy Phillips sent you, but they won't ask. But I'm just saying. If they do, can I please officiate your wedding? Wait, that's all. Is it possible to put Busy Phillips as one of your interests and then rule out anyone who's not down with Busy Phillips? That might limit it too much. (laughs) Well, anyway, (laughs) you can can bring it up on a later date. But the point is, we want you to meet some nice folks and have a good time getting to know each other. And yeah. in- if there are any weddings that happen because of this OkCupid okay ad right now, I'm talking to you. Just remember that I want to officiate. Okay, guys, go get it. OkCupid.com. Listen, I, I mean, like one of my proudest moments is like, like, okay, this, I mean, what are they going to do? Like wh- what's, I'm never going to work Sue at e, e again. Okay. <laughs> one of the things that we struggled with there is like, listen, we have like a, like a digital life of a show is very important. And we mm-hmm. struggled with getting anything put up on our, you know, digital platforms Mm -hmm. and we weren't in charge of our digital platforms and we begged like can we please just have our own people do this and it was like a very old school system of like approvals and it it just it took a really long time to get anything put up if ever and it was just yeah and it was just very old school and and we were trying our best to work within that system but it was very frustrating and there was one time when like you we reunited the cast of white chicks Mm -hmm. you guys recreated the dance battle (laughs) scene we worked Mm -hmm. really hard on it it was super fun it was great and um and then we were like we knew 
like, this is going to go viral. This is 100% going to go viral. And so we were like, can this go up like the second after it's on TV? And there was like, for whatever reason, no, it's like going to happen in 48 hours or something. And I'm like, it doesn't like a, like a kid could do this, but it wasn't because of like the abilities or whatever. It was because of like the rules. And so, but in the meantime, I think it was the shade room. Just It was shade room. It was shade room. The shade room just took the clip, Mm -hmm. put it up. And I want to say like 7 million people watched it. It was Before, a lot of people. It was a lot, a lot of people. And it did go super viral. Just yes. we didn't get the credit for it, which is At like, all. that's how, you know, that's how the internet works or whatever. But it just would have been nice if we could have like done things all the way that we wanted to do them. Because then if we had failed, I could say, well, you know, we failed as a result of like the choices that we made. But I feel like we didn't do as well as we could have. And a lot of it was like, because of choices that we had no choice in. And so, you know, but that's, I've had that situation. I've had a remarkably similar situation with another TV show where it's just like somebody who was really powerful was like, I love this. I want to do it. And then like that person gets a new job the next week. And then the next guy is like, what the fuck is this? I hate it. Yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) I think that, I don't know if there were any, I mean, I don't even know. Here we are all these years later. Here we are. And like the great news is I feel, I feel like it's kind of weird. Like I've tried to talk about this a lot of times and I think I never articulate myself well and I don't want to take anything from anyone, but sometimes I do feel like coming up in the nineties. Yeah. It was so fucking regressive. Like all of the things that people are getting called out for now, Mm -hmm. that's like what it was like to just live back then. People would call (laughs) you like fucking fat to your face. People would sexually harass you. How about that magazine that my mom sent you that has the the cover that, okay, Casey, well, first of all, my mom is on the Facebook group, I guess, for the podcast on. Yes. She's a member of it. She's a member. And. Um, I'm sure if you guys want, you can go become friends with her. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, the point being, um, she sent the pattern for Moot's quilt. For the the Afghan. Very generous of my mother to do that. But it came from like a ladies journal. Women's Day magazine, I feel like. Sure. A women's, a Women's Day magazine. Right. But it like wasn't, it was weirdly like feels like it wasn't really that long ago but I guess it was kind of that long ago yeah and like the very huge headline at the top is like how not to get fat after 35 (laughs) that was on the stands at a grocery store yeah (laughs) ma'am can we (laughs) it was wild but also I was thinking about it and I was like that is so blunt and brutal but I don't think a lot of magazines are saying anything different now no, it's just coded. Yeah, it's just you very, gotta like everything is coded, right? It's so coded and softened, but still makes you feel like fucking shit. So now it's like how to fit into your fifteen-year-old pants at, when you're thirty-five. Oh my or, god! Well, this is like I was watching the other night. I don't know. The TV was on. Cricket was watching something, and then there was it was a network sitcom. Yeah. Like single camera sitcom, like yeah. current, current 
yeah. network sitcom, single camera kids sitcom that's new. And the scene was literally like a girl trying to, a woman my age, I would say, trying to squeeze herself into her skinny jeans and zip them up and like laying on the floor and being like, come on. And I was just like, uh, guys, (laughs) guys, hi, it's me, Busy Phillips. Um, listen, I too have tried to squeeze myself into some jeans, but is this the thing that we want to be putting out still? Still, this is the thing that we're saying about what the experience of being a woman is. Okay. 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 It's a lot. It's a lot. And so, yeah, I think we're, I think it has been softened in a lot of ways. The language has been softened, but like truly when we were just starting out in this business, it just was a blunt instrument used all of the time. And like, we just didn't know any better because I guess life was just like that then too. Life was a blunt instrument. And so we were just like, this is just the way women are spoken to. You have to put up with it. If you want to be in this business, a lot of people want to be in this business and other people. And, you know, it was almost like a source of pride for me. I'm sure at the time where like a lot of people can't take it and they don't have a thick enough skin. And and mm-hmm. so they they drop out. But I'm very tough. I'm extremely tough and I can take this. And same. I used to do the same fucking shit. Ugh, yeah. Makes me so sad. And so I think back to like when I said that I wanted to write back then, very mm-hmm. few people championed me, mm-hmm. you know, very people did. And that's why I'm like wildly grateful to the people who did. But like, I wasn't like being invited to like join writing groups and like an online didn't exist. No, you know? right. So I had no way of connecting. I had a really demanding job and I had like one weird you know, friend who like was a weirdo himself, who was like, we're going to be writers together, whatever. And he went on to be like wildly successful, like beyond my wildest dreams, beyond what I ever dreamed for myself. And I don't begrudge him that, but I just feel like we really lacked any type of community, any type of like, like no one ever said to me, like what that guy said to you just now was fucked up. You know, there was... You know the story. Like a couple years ago, I had the most fucked up thing said to me, and nobody who was around was like, hey, except for myself, obviously. Right, like, right. At this point, you know, your girl's no shrinking violet. Right. But no one around me at, in the moment was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? This right. is, you know, I, but also like, because of the culture, this is, I was just talking to Ada Calhoun about this, um, because we're still, we were writing that, um, adaptation of her book, Why We Can't Sleep, which is like about Gen X women. Right. And we're still doing, we're still working, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a long story, guys. (laughs) Everything's a long fucking story. But I was talking to Emily Beebe about it because I was using, I'm using some parts of our relationship in the story Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be a bad art friend. (laughs) So I truly, so I called Beebe and was like, Hey, Aiden, I've been like, you know, we're like doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. And so 
if I, you know, this is the idea that I had like these parts to use, if that's okay with you, I don't want to be a bad art friend. Right. BB was like, yeah, it's chill. And then we just started talking about like how we grew up and how we were as young women in the world. And I was like, it was just, we were a product of like a society and a culture that, you know, told us not only could it only be this one way. Right. We were so extraordinarily lucky because it was the best that it could ever get for us. Right. And, you know, like a culture that continued to, you know, perpetrate misogyny, leading us to be like, not like okay with, not only okay with it, but like, you know, doing it ourselves to other women. Right, right. Or, or, you know, like, like, so those things, like, yeah, there were no fucking women helping women in a comedy writer's room, Casey, to help you get a leg up because they're like, fuck that bitch. Right. Oh, that young yeah. bitch? Uh-uh. No, right. she's, she can get, she can do it for herself. <laughs> Right. You if know? there even was another woman to be competitive with, you know, and everybody was trying to like preserve that, like there can only be one. So everybody's trying to preserve their spot and their, their place. And, you know, I think like my, not until there's nine Casey, <laughs> <laughs> I think like, it's so, it's so weird to be, to have like grown in that position because that is what made me decide, like, if I ever get power, when I get power, I'm going to use it to like champion people, you know, of course. which is, and so I feel so lucky that I have gotten opportunities to do that. But I feel like, I just feel like I'm so happy that younger people have more resources to like connect and compare notes and, you know, and it, it just seems like everything's on like a hyperspeed that I never really imagined because of like people being able to connect and you can just know so many more people in your, in your industry. But sure. I do, I do feel also kind of weird because I'm in this place where I'm like, because of the way the system was, I feel like I maybe never reached the full potential that I could have. So I lack the power to do the things that I necessarily want to do that that were like my goals for helping other for helping other people. And then I'm also just like, oh shit, like people are doing things that like like I couldn't make a TikTok today. You know what I mean? So I just feel like I'm having like a very like wow, like outside looking in kind of feeling about yeah. like what it is we do right now. And it's super weird, but also like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the way that it goes and everybody has to deal with the circumstances. But I do, I do wish that I knew more about more cool stuff and how to do it. And I do wish that, like, I wish I could give people jobs every day. Like, oh my God, be, same. Yeah, that would be delightful to me. <laughs> I know, same. <laughs> like, I, that's I all know. I want to do. I know. I mean, look, we, I don't know. We definitely, you and I had a lot of like 
lofty ambitions and goals, but I think we can still have them. 100%. And I think like, you know, we've obviously had setbacks in terms of not just like the show was like, to me, the show was sort of just like, after that, I was just feeling like I have the, we had this whole idea Right. We're going to change stuff, guys. We're <laughs> going to just change it all. Well, we um, lo- we probably, like, loved it a little too much. You know what I mean? Like, knowing mm-hmm. what the risks are. But we would always say, like, this is utopia. You know, like, we're getting to do this and we're getting to do it with this team that we're so fond of and so proud of. And, like, yes, we're, like, dealing with, you know, whatever, like arbitrary notes that we didn't agree with, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were dealing with like a struggling audience on a struggling platform. And so we knew it was like a ticking clock. I I would have thought that the clock would get to tick longer, but whatever. But it's like when you, you know, in real estate, when they tell you like, don't fall in love with a house because you, you know, you you might get your I've heart on, broken. I only fall in love with houses. Exactly. And I... I'm not even saying that's wrong. I'm just saying like sometimes when you do things in the way that we do, we have to accept the broken hearts, you know, like we just, if you put your whole heart into something and Mm -hmm. you really, really love it and it doesn't go the way that you dreamed, you're going to have a broken heart. But that being said, like, would I not do it all over again? Of course I would do it all over again. Oh yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Even, no, even, even if I knew that something bad was coming and even if I would have to live the sadness all over again, I would do it again. You know? Yeah, me too. But it did take us a long time to get over it because we like loved it, you know? Well, we loved it. And then also the unceremonious ending was... And the way that it was done was so fucked that it like provided a lot of ammunition for many different emotions. Yes. Yeah. Because it was just, it was confirming so many things that we had felt in our lives and just like, and had seen in our lives. And, and now it was like, you know, all happening together at one time. And we were just like this this blows, you know, like it just it really, really does. Did. I don't know. I think that even the way that we ended things, like, could we have been nicer? A la Joss Whedon. Maybe, you know, could we have like taken it better? Maybe, but I just feel like. Me? Me? <laughs> I could, I definitely could not have. Could not have, not even, no fucking way. Like, I couldn't have taken it. There's no way I could have, no. Couldn't have done it. (laughs) Right. I'm not kidding. Because we cared about it a great deal. And then when you see that like, oh gosh, like the people that are supposed to be on your side don't care about it as much as you do. You know, that was sad for me. That was sad when, you know, it, and it was like a grieving process, like a many staged grieving process where it was sad when it happened and it was scary when it happened. And then I was so sad for everyone that we loved so much, like telling them that their jobs were going away, but I was still hopeful that we would find another home for it. And then we went through all of that and that was like a years long, you know, so it's just like, it, it like just, 
It's like the difference between someone dying suddenly or passing away of like an, a lingering illness. You know, they both... <laughs> <laughs> they both are very painful. So dark. So and I, dark. Feel, I feel like we had both. I feel like we are... I feel like our... Um, our show passed away suddenly and also had a lingering illness, that, you know, but it really, yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Doing here we a, are. Doing a podcast like the kids do, like all the things that I was just saying, like, I wish I knew how to do cooler stuff. I didn't know how to do this two years ago. That's true. You've learned so much. <laughs> You have. It's you really true. have. It's true. But then and I'm like, oh, am I getting on TikTok? I mean, is that what? Are we getting on TikTok? Are we doing? No, 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 no. I'm not allowed to. You're not allowed? No, I made I made a deal with Bertie. That's not okay. for me. All right. I, I want to let the kid have their own, you know, thing. Okay. okay. I can't, you know, I, I mastered one social media. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough for me. You know, like Are I don't doing I don't. NFTs. I've been trying to figure out. No, NFTs. no, no. <laughs> and here's wait, wait, wait. I want to say this. I have got to fucking be in my bonnet about this boy. So I don't know if you follow Reese Witherspoon on social media, but <laughs> Reese Witherspoon has been tweeting some kind of wild things and then like got sort of like shaded by Ina Garten, which was like hilarious <laughs> um, on her social media. But then Reese and a bunch of other women who are rich. I don't know. That's all I'm just going to say. Women who have money. Yeah. Posted this thing about like NFTs and Bitcoin and we've got to get, it's a, it's already a billion dollar industry and we can't let the men pass us there. It's all men. There's no women in there. Blah, 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 blah. Guys, guys, ladies, 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 ladies. Also, and just not, and not just ladies, like everyone, people, no, not, not everyone. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excluding the men from okay. this. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm looking at the track record of like economic and industrialization in the world and globalization yes. in yes. this world, also largely controlled by men. Yes. And I'm not loving the results. <laughs> and so my question to you is, why do you want to join the fucking party? To, to what end? You want right. to be a fucking, like you need a billion dollars? Who fucking cares? I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm pretty sure there's some shady ass fucking kid porno shit going on with NFTs. That's what I'm going to tell you. I know that whatever's happening, there's also a very, very fucking dark underside because the men are in control of it. And like, started it and created it and this is their fucking new way to control the world and right. I, my only question is like trying to get into this thing and like it i, I don't know Here's make your I'm, own make your own fucking bitcoin is all i'm gonna say you know what i mean like I don't like 
I'm not gonna Bitcoin. do the I, I'm gonna <laughs> Bitcoin. I'm gonna do the thing that I always tell people they shouldn't do, which is talk about something that they don't have a great handle on. I do not have a great handle on I don't NF- either NFTs or cryptocurrency. But I will tell you that well, we already know one dark side is that environmentally NFTs are not great, right? Isn't it like harming the rainforest? I don't know in what way. I don't but, either. But, but see, I, I didn't even know that, but I knew that. I re- but I read I knew that it. it's in that they're environmentally harmful. Okay. So we know that I know that people are stealing art and and from other artists and coining them as NFTs and that's not right either. Like if we're not going to accept that from Forever 21 and Urban Outfitters, we shouldn't be accepting it in this new business. But mostly what I have read about Cryptocurrency and NFTs in particular is Mm -hmm. that it's a new financial structure that Mm -hmm. is meant to rebalance wealth to people who have been shut out of generational wealth and just wealth in general. It's meant to rebalance. But then why is it all rich white men? This is what I'm asking. And so this is what I'm saying. And it would be, I don't think that whoever started it intended for it to be. And because let me tell, because let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you what I think. What do you think? I think that that's bullshit. It probably is because for it to be, for it to be worth anything, it needs to be tied into the system of wealth that we already have. And so you need wealthy people to put their wealth into it to make it work, to make it run. And so now it just seems, I don't know, it just seems wild and like a thing that I don't understand. But again, like, all technology. It's just happening so fast. It's happening so fast that Reese Witherspoon is tweeting about it. Like she was just like trying to have like a clothing line a couple years ago. She's like, she has a clothing line. It's very successful. She has a movie studio. It's very successful. My, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. Like I'm so exhausted. I'm so fucking tired. And like, why do we have to be billionaires? Like, who wants this shit? It's this ruining is, the world. You it know, has ruined I've, the world. You know, I don't I've want to make felt- shit anymore that is like, I don't want to make anything else that like comes in a fucking... I'm Lloyd Dobler. I don't want to make anything that's processed or produced or manufactured on the backs of labor, children, fucking whatever. Like, I just feel like there's so much wrong with everyone's... Everything. I hear that. I hear it. And they're like values. Like, what are your fucking, what do you need more money for? Anybody. And yet I need more money. I actually do. (laughs) You and I, but you and I actually do need more money. I need so, I need so much more money. And yet I'm in so much better shape than other people. And I'm not, I'm not in great shape. I mean, I'm I'm fine. But I just like, I am, I mean, I'm, I'm so privileged. And yeah. I was saying that as a joke, guys. So don't come for me. Okay. <laughs> I, really, I was saying that I like, really, you I can, know. you can come for me if you'd like to, but I really do need money. So if you come bring a dollar. <laughs> um, I really do like, if you come for me, bring a dollar. <laughs> and that just made me, I'll let you come at me till you pretty funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can you can come and say everything you want to say for the low, low price of one dollar and I'll just take it. But you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about like even my level of wealth, which is like real fucking comfortable. Let's be real. Yeah. Real yeah. fucking comfortable. But I'm talking about like this this super rich, not tax. I mean, I will say, talk about taxes. You know what I mean? Like I pay, I'm in that like sweet spot where I pay the most taxes and I'm fine to do it. Totally fine to do it. I'm just saying like this billionaire, like there's nothing good about, I mean, we, and we know this, I know we know this. I'm just saying it's all a part of the problem. Like trying to convince your followers on Instagram. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm having a real hard time getting my brain around anything in this moment. And it's probably because the moon, but it might also be because I might have a virus. Like I don't, I literally. (sighs) I have always felt this way busy from the second I first saw Kenny Rogers roasters. I was like, why does Kenny Rogers need a roaster? I don't think that anyone who's like a mega successful athlete needs to have a restaurant or but I think it's I think it's this weird thing and I will say like in Reese Witherspoon's defense I'm not saying anything about Reese no Go no no get it, yes. girlfriend like exactly I, whatever I think she's super ambitious she has like she just has all these things that she's interested in and I I think for a lot of people like like Oprah like the money is a byproduct of what happens like they just everything they do is successful and they just print money and, and it's a byproduct of like their personality and their ambition, which I'm saying in a positive way, like ambition is a great, a great thing to have and, and to be interested in so many things. But the, the wild thing is that, um, yeah, is that it does like, if you succeed at being ambitious and diversifying your interests so much, then next thing you know, like you're a billionaire. And then does that make you evil? I guess it like, are all billionaires evil? Are some good? Does being a billionaire always turn you evil? Does becoming a billionaire turn you evil? I don't know. Maybe it's like winning the lottery because in a lot of ways it is like winning the lottery. Yes. It's a curse, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're, you know, people that win the lottery are ambitious too. When I worked in the drugstore, this lady used to come in and buy $100 of lottery tickets every day. And it would take so much time and effort to buy those lottery tickets. But eventually she won a few million dollars. And um, then after that, she came into the drugstore every day and still bought $100 worth of lottery tickets because she was ambitious. those subscriptions that I forgot that I signed up for like literally 15 years ago and then they're just like continually auto collecting and it's such a scam it's so it's brutal I think every single person listening to this podcast probably has at least one up and up to 100 things that they've subscribed to that they forgot so many things yeah do you know do you know how many things I have so ma- Do you know how many things Truebill found for me? How many? 4,700. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much money I saved? $3 million. <laughs> Guys, obviously that's not true. But on average, people do save up to $720 a year with 
Truebill. Truebill is an app. It helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need or you want or honestly just you forgot that you signed up for because companies make subscriptions very hard to cancel. And Truebill makes it very simple. You link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. I really try to be meticulous with these subscriptions. And especially when I sign up for a free trial of something and then I know that I have to cancel it within five days or it's going to charge my credit card. I set calendar reminders. I I do all these things to make sure. And I still, when I signed up for Truebill, yeah, it, they, it, they, listen, they slip through. <laughs> they get through because these... People, these greedy corporations are out to get your money because you're like, oh, it's $2 a month. And then you don't realize that $2 a month adds up. And over time, like you are paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So listen, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash best. Go right now, truebill.com slash best. It could save you hundreds a year. Truebill.com slash best. New mood, new mood, new mood, new mood. You know what new mood is, right, Case? (laughs) Yes, I do know what new mood. I do too. Should we tell the people? (laughs) Let's tell them. Let's tell our friends. So guys, listen, learning to manage daily stress, Anxious thoughts, mental health, mental well-being is something that we all want. Many of us don't even know where to start. And that's where Noom Mood is here to help. They're here to guide you to mental wellness and give you the tools you need to tackle stress so that you feel empowered to take on whatever life throws at you. Listen, I know maybe you've heard of Noom Weight. I honestly had like only seen it on my Insta. I'm very, very into and excited to try Noom Mood because with Noom Mood, you take the journey into mental wellness one step at a time. They have a guided approach that teaches you the power of shifting your mindset in just a few minutes a day with a team of dedicated coaches. You're going to have a support system helping you on your journey. And who can argue with that? You can't argue with that. I feel like in this moment in time, No, I will take any coach that wants to show up to blow a whistle and help me on my way to mental wellness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think one of the things that holds a lot of us back is that it's it's a big job to find someone to work on this stuff with. And New Mood is just there for you, and it's easy. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to go hunting through the Yellow Pages if they still have Yellow Pages. You don't... It doesn't exist, but yeah, uh-huh. It's just... A the very, proverbial yellow pages. Yeah. It's just a very easy, straightforward system to help you start on your mental wellness journey like ASAP. Listen, ASAP it provides a variety of tools and techniques for you to try out and discover and hold your hand with daily curriculum coupled with a one-on-one coach that guides and encourages you on your journey. And honestly, it's very convenient and accessible. 10 minutes a day, you can do it wherever, whenever, 
guys, you're stronger than your stress. It doesn't need to control you. And what we all need to do is equip ourselves with the knowledge and skills and steer ourselves in the right direction. Noom has helped millions of people uh, already. They can help you tackle stress and mental well-being too. With Noom Mood, taking care of your mental wellness is empowering. So worry less, feel happier. Sign up for your trial at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash best. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash best. You know that um, gambling was just like legalized in New York. Oh, really? Online gambling. Online gambling. Sports books or something. Okay. I actually don't. I don't really understand it. You can really bet on anything, I guess. Like online. Well. Have you been? I, is, is I bet on me. Have... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, haven't, um, I haven't bet. What do you mean? I, I'm betting on sports. Come on, Casey. Let's be. I don't know. I mean, look, it's a short <laughs> jump from auctions to, to online gambling. Is it? It seems like it is. They're both online. I don't think. They're I don't both think that's true. An adrenaline rush. I don't think that's true. Here's what I so. no, I don't think so. I uh I don't know. I feel like I, I I feel like I feel like my I'm mixing I feel like oh no. I feel like the thing did my brain just break? Did I just it's, say I feel like 17 <laughs> times in a row? You did. I feel like I feel like um how I felt that right now, this time in the world encapsulates how I have felt my entire fucking life, which is that I feel as though I am almost smart enough to get it, but I'm just not quite smart enough to fucking get it. Like, and being smart enough to know that I'm not quite smart enough to get it is driving me fucking insane. Right. And by it, I mean everything. <laughs> right. I mean the world. Right. And the billionaires and the environmental crisis and consumerism and capitalism and the wealth gap and all of it. Like I feel... So close. Yeah. And I would love for it to just be Terminators. <laughs> I think you're smart enough to get it, but also smart enough to not want it. And I think you're smart enough to not be able to forget it. You get it and you can't forget it. Because I think that's what a lot of people are like, oh, I fully understand this situation. Let me put whatever qualms I have aside and press forward. Whenever there's something that is scary, like, you know, where businesses, mm. like a business is a positive thing. And so in the course of your business, say that mm. you realize that you, one of the byproducts of your business is like something that's harmful to the environment. And so 
dealing with that would slow your business. And Mm -hmm. so then that business person has a choice. Do we deal with this in a responsible way or do we just like dump it in a river and hope no one's looking and then we can just press on? And so I think people get so entrenched in their like desire to do that thing that initially started out positive. Like I think it's healthy to want to make things and to want to produce things. And I think it's healthy to even want to make money and provide jobs and do all those things. But then the, the problem comes when there's anything problematic about any of these things and there's always going to be something problematic about almost anything you do you're always going to bump into something that you will have to thoughtfully consider and so I think is that what separates a lot of people from a lot of people who have been wildly successful is people are like oh I just wasn't able to turn my head and and pretend that this thing wasn't happening and press on in pursuit of my original goal like I actually stopped and was thoughtful about it and you know and those are interesting stories um whenever they come up people that you know run excellent companies that that treat workers well and treat the environment well but it doesn't it just doesn't happen that often It just really doesn't. No. (laughs) So we're not doing NFTs, just to be clear. No, we're not. (laughs) I'm not. And you can, and anyone can make their own choice about anything, obviously. But I do feel like in 20 years time, we will find out that like it was the NFTs and the crypto that <laughs> started some horrible thing. I have a bad feeling about it, guys. I have That's a bad all I'm going to say. I have yeah. a bad feeling about it. Yeah, I have a bad feeling. And I'm trying not to be like um, people who like once didn't understand the way that like the sun and the moon worked, you know, and, and thought that you had to pray that the sun would come hey, up. Hey, guess like, what? Guess what I've learned in the last couple of years? I've learned like non-binary. I've learned they, them, and non-binary is actually like obviously a non-binary designation. Like there, that has existed in many different cultures throughout the ages, but that was not something that culturally I was ever fucking aware of. And then sort of did hear about like at some point before my own child, obviously had heard about and like had had in my presence. I had a friend who was non-binary, but I didn't really fucking get it. I'm not going to lie. Didn't fucking, didn't really fucking get it until I got it. So I don't think that I'm, I don't think that we're like looking at the sun thing, you know, like I'm able, I just think that what is missing a lot of times is critical thinking Right. Like what are, what are the possible outcomes of this? Right. And like, I do think that people are very quick to like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know that you are wrong. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, we talked about earlier, like there's a Facebook group for this podcast. You're not on Facebook, 
but a lot of people are. And it's a really good platform for holding conversations like people want to share Afghan patterns or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and people want to comment on something and people are always asking each other for help in there. And that's a good way that you can have a group of like-minded people who are interested in the same thing. They have a rapport. They're able to converse. So it's, it's like exists and it's there. That being said, like, I understand why you're not on Facebook. They've done a lot of things that are not great, you yeah. know? And so it's like, I mean, we could use it to pick apart everything. Like I've, again, I've worked on TV shows where people are like, I can't believe so-and-so is a sponsor of your TV show. And I'm like, yes, they completely suck. It's true. Oh, I've done Instagram posts for companies that I'm like, (laughs) this isn't great. But can I be honest with you? Like in a couple of the cases, I was like, this isn't great, but you know what? I got to take this money. Yeah. I don't have a choice. Like I have to take this fucking money. Yeah. And so, you know, so I've been like, and it it works the other way too. Like I, um, Hollywood break sometimes on TV shows, there's something called like a product integration where either you just talk about a product or you show a product and the, and the company pays. Mm -hmm. Um, and so many times, like I've worked on shows where we get approached about a product integration and like, usually the people that work on the show get very irritated Mm, by having to like show this like fucking hot sauce on the show and like mention this hot sauce or whatever. And I, in my position would always be like, this is paying you. Like, this is how you are getting, you know, this keeps the lights on. This is paying all of us. Well, I never had an issue with any of that shit. You know yeah. that. No. Like, I don't have a problem with that yeah. stuff. Yeah, But that's also like, I don't know. I guess that's, that was, that was what I was willing. Yeah. That was the, like the trade I was willing to make. Yeah. I've been willing to make. To like be able to make stuff that I want to make or be a part of stuff that I want to be a part of. I was like, well, that's okay. Right. Right. Well, here's what I will say. (laughs) How do, first of all, it makes me wonder how brands get so much money. It just, that for me is what puts a fine point on what a consumerist society we are is how much money so many different brands, like no matter what it's for, a cereal, a soft drink, a wow. clothing. Cereal, cereal <laughs> still owes me <laughs> that a large oh, chunk of money. That cereal has bigger fish to fry right now. They have other shit going on. I guess so. But like also, fuck them. Fuck that cereal. But that um, cereal. that's a that's a long story. That's maybe for your your next book to write All about right. the cereal. Fine. But um but yeah, so many brands have so m- and they're really like what keeps the lights on in all media. And when you think about like how much money there is in media and how powerful media is, it's all brands. It's all brands. And so brands wouldn't have any power if they didn't have so much money. And the reason they have so much money is because of all of the money we pour into them. So that Mm kind of goes along with everything you're saying. That being said, (laughs) FYI, we've said this a million times on the podcast, everything we advertise are things that we really like and have pursued a relationship with because we use them and like them. And the reason you can know that is because fun fact, ads on podcasts are not a lot of money. (laughs) 
I'm sure it is to the brands and, you know, and well, they're uh, like small. It's always like small. Yeah, they're brands, small, guys. like, you know, mom and pop shops. And so that's one a of lot the reasons of times, why. Yeah. yeah. Why we're so excited to like <laughs> to talk about these things that are really things we use every day. But yeah, there have been times when I'm like, oh, yes, let's talk about this robot watch or whatever and and feature it heavily on this TV show. That costs a lot of money. Yeah. I remember being on a TV show once and there was like a deodorant integration and not the natural one we love. (laughs) (laughs) And it had to be like a storyline. Yeah. It literally had to be a storyline of the fucking episode and everybody was like eye rolling at it. But oh my God. Ultimately, I think the writers did a really great job and it was super (laughs) funny what they came up with. Guys, I'm sorry I've been on like such a tangent. Casey, I need you to tell me what you're doing your best at this week. Oh, okay. Um, It's really simple, but I've just been along the lines of like trying to take myself more seriously, making a checklist every day of things Mm -hmm. that like at this current time in the pandemic and what my life is and what my work situation is, just making a checklist of like really like get dressed, like start your day by getting dressed to make your bed, you know? And oh, right. Like, like you were saying that. Like nobody can tell you nobody's making your checklist. So like right. you can, it's great to put things like wake up on it because yes, literally already have done it. Cross it and off. And then you get to cross it off. Yeah. Cross mm-hmm. it right off. So I just mm-hmm. have stuff like that. And if I don't get to everything, that's okay. But it's just a good way to hold myself accountable. And so like one of the... Well, I didn't expect it to turn into a big project this week, but we were noticing oh, this is this is like really just inside baseball family stuff. We were noticing that Lincoln was pulling out the coffee maker because he makes coffee for his brother every morning to help mm-hmm. him wake up because his brother is like a night owl. And we we're noticing he was pulling out the coffee maker to make the coffee because it's kind of hard to get access to the top of the coffee maker, whatever. So then I looked at the kitchen. I took like a critical look at the kitchen. And I was like, we were so stupid to put the coffee maker there because the cabinets are down lower. We should have put it on the other side because the cabinets mm-hmm. are up higher. And then I just like went in my office to like work for a few minutes. And like I came out and Matt had like pulled the whole kitchen apart. And <laughs> to rearrange it. To rearrange it. And like just uh-huh. based on that one like thing, it was like a total domino effect of like oh trying to. And I legitimately had a panic attack. <laughs> I was just like, I really, I had a panic attack, like face went numb. I was like, yeah. I, my heart is pounding. I have to sit down. And he was so nice about it. And he was like, I wasn't trying to like cause you a panic attack. And I was like, I wasn't trying to have one. Like it's the weirdest thing to be having like a panic attack of just like every time you move something, you have to find where it go- whatever. So besides it's like, a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. But Matt did a ton of the work. I tried to brainstorm and help, you know, come up with ideas and solutions for everything that we needed. The upshot is like he put this, the kitchen all back together, but now we have post-its on every cabinet saying like what's in the cabinet. Well, sure. Cause you don't know where anything is. We don't know where anything is. That was like, remember when I had those fancy people come organize my pantry, my kitchen. And then, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe how it looks. It's so fucking gorgeous. And then like 
night one, I was like, wait, where's, where are the pots and pans? Wait, where's the, and they had literally put everything in boxes in the basement. Oh my God. What the fuck were you supposed to cook with? I mean, they like left me like a cute pot, you know, like one, like, you know what I mean? Like it was like, they organized the shit out of it, but like, yeah. Then when it came down to it, it was cause they just like literally put everything in the basement. And like I, I was like, wait, this is insane. So not only did they like chaotically rearrange everything. So like, I didn't know where anything was. Right. But also half of the, sh- like over half of the stuff was just in like giant Rubbermaid containers in the basement. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> now we do. It to you now, I realize how totally bonkers that is. That you they paid did someone that. to rob that you. I paid someone to literally just put my shit in another bin in the basement, and then like, <laughs> and then like, um, what is it called? Merchandise, like yes. my my like pantry and pots and pans and shit. That's insane. That is. Oh insane. my god, that's that's hilarious. insane. That's insane. I think this all ties into what we were talking about last week too with like the um, giving recommendations and getting mm-hmm. like an offended when when people don't take your recommendations. I realized because I was like, I think that I talked like a smooth game being like, oh, you shouldn't be offended or whatever. And mm-hmm. I tried to tell you, but that is my reaction to when like, if I organize our refrigerator and I like an organized refrigerator and then someone puts like some fucking celery where it doesn't belong, I would, I'm offended and I have a panic attack and I'm like, because it makes me, it it shakes me to my whole fucking core where I'm like, well, what is my reason on this earth then? Like that's what I spent a day doing and I'm not appreciated and it doesn't make a difference to you. And, and you don't even see it. And, you know, and so, yes. So I, I, whatever I said last week, I was full of shit. And uh, I think that my need to organize the refrigerator is similar to your need to recommend things to people. You know what I will say? This does fall into, though, the category of owning your shit. <laughs> So I'm I'm definitely on board with the fact that you are owning your shit right now, and I'm proud of you. And um, just I just had like a minor it. panic attack. I have to go. Uh, honestly, it's, you have to go live your life. Well, maybe throw up, but also you know I don't feel great. But um, so it's six thirty four here, yes. and I just got a text. Did you forget about Gina at doggy daycare? And I was like, oh my God. And then I looked at the doggy daycare place and their hours and it said special hours for the holiday closed. Like that they were, <gasps> that they closed at 3 PM. Oh no. And I was like, is Gina dead? Like what did they do? Like what is happening? She's do you know what I mean? Like I just, I, is she, she's there for the night. She's not. That was incorrect. Okay. The thing that it said online was incorrect. They are okay. open until seven. Okay. But so I have to go walk and you have to go get, get the little buddy. And I am just can I just tell you, she has been such a good dog recently. I love Aww. her so much. Aww. 
She's been so sweet. She's really doesn't smell great. Doesn't smell great right now. But you know well, what? You know what? You a best friend can only be so many things. It's true. It's very true. Uh I just adore that little weirdo. So cute. <laughs> She's so cute. So you have to go get Gina. All right. So I well, have to go get jeans and uh I'm back at Girls Five Eva. Fingers crossed, guys. About everyone's everyone's guts. Well, that for sure, but everyone's also like respiratory systems. That's yes, more that. Like I it's just like what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not concerned. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm trying to like stay abreast of the COVID news, but also just take it like it's very, you know, just it's just the facts and they're evolving every day. But in wondering like will fourth boosters, like fourth doses be coming? I saw that the military is developing a new type of vaccine that will be able to fight all COVIDs, all COVID viruses. Um, I also saw that people who got two doses of the vaccine are displaying uh, not so much long COVID symptoms. Um, so that's that was not a good way to say that. But people who are vaccinated seem to not are better be better off. Are better off not getting long COVID <sighs> symptoms. Okay, here's what I also just want to say. I do think it's important that we vaccinate the rest of the world. Yes. Because that's what's happening with the mutations. Did we talk about this last week? Probably, but it's still happening. You know what, guys? You're just going to have to bear with us. All right. I'm going to go get jeans. What are you doing your best at this week? I made it through this episode without crying. (laughs) It's a full moon. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) sorry I went on the rant it's not about Reese Witherspoon you know what I mean it's like yeah I'm happy like it's just like I'm just so overwhelmed by (sighs) cut to me coming out with my like home goods line um (laughs) (laughs) should we do a home goods line Guys, just answer this question for us. Would you buy a home goods one? No, I'm kidding. I no, but like to that end, like we were really specific and and I would say thoughtful about the merch situation because we didn't want to uh, whatever. You guys get it. And if you don't, I can't help you. It's all right. I, you know what I mean? It's okay if you don't. I just it's we just have to we have to move on, you know. <laughs> All right, I love you. And I, uh, I'm sorry about the kitchen. Is it all back in place? I mean, it's a new kitchen, basically. Her outsides are the same, but her insides are... It's it's a week and a half. You'll be fine. It's a week and a half. We'll see. Take it from someone who's moved 47 times in the last two years. Well, I I was gonna... It's been hard. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't taken the kitchen switch up. All in stride. That's true. That is actually <laughs> true. I'm still not like still not taking you're, them great. Still you're not still taking mad them about great. the pots in the basement. <laughs> well, that was 
Yeah, you that's des- true. You deserve to be mad about that. Whoever recommended that to you insane. shouldn't have. Totally shouldn't have. fucking insane. And you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have paid people just to pack up stuff and put it in your basement. They oh, I for send- I one hundred percent did that. Yeah, <laughs> they should send you back some of your money. <sighs> what a disaster. <laughs> Um, all right. I'm going to get Gina before this place closes down. Uh, I love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.